This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. At the end of the day, at the end of the shoot, when I deliver her products, I don't want to be like, oh, that was so much work and I barely got paid, you know? So I need to know what's going to be worth it for me, but also deliver an amazing experience and amazing products to her. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Amy Siemens with Amy Lou Photo, and this week, the wonderful Ashley Taylor filled in for me to do the interview. Amy is based in Wyoming in the United States, and I had the honor of photographing her several years ago in Seattle. I've been watching her as she's grown her business, and her work is so beautiful, and I'm so excited that she's a guest this week. Ashley and Amy talk all about her journey and the ups and downs that come along with this incredible world of entrepreneurship and being a photographer. Okay, let's get started with Ashley and Amy Lou Photo. Hey, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you today and to chat with you. Nikki has raved about you and your work, and I checked out your work, and it's so beautiful. So I'm so excited to have you. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm really honored to be here and excited to chat with you today. Yay! Well, one of the things that I noticed right away when I was looking at your work is that you have this really beautiful, clean, kind of minimalistic style, and it's just so lovely, and it reminds me of my own work in a way, and also a lot of Nikki's work, and I was just wondering, to start off, if you could tell us how you found your style. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you. That's a wonderful compliment because I'm definitely drawn to more of a minimalistic, clean style myself. And so I think that just kind of comes through of like what you're drawn to. You sort of just start to naturally create and produce that same style. I don't really know exactly how I came to that style. I don't, <laughs> I don't recall like going through any certain exercises or anything to really find that. I think it just sort of naturally happened through the progression of my own shooting and learning the technical aspects, but also then learning like, well, what do I like? What do I want to create? What, what is the end result here that I'm trying to go for? And it just kind of starts to naturally morph into that, I think. Yeah. And one thing that I was wondering too, is like, I was looking at some of your really amazing behind the scenes videos and I couldn't tell how big your studio is, but I know for me, some of my style is impacted by like just logistics, (laughs) like studio space. (laughs) Um, So do you think that that like impacts it or even like, you know, for me too, sometimes it was just about less is more like don't spend all this extra money on these elaborate sets that you don't have room for when you don't need mm-hmm. it to create a beautiful image. And I think that can be really helpful for people just starting out as well to to know. So I was wondering if like the way you crafted your studio space influenced your style or maybe the other way around where you just kind of realized this is my style and I can keep my studio space pretty like minimal and not have so much, you know, elaborate sets and everything. Yeah. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head there because I started off welcoming clients into my home studio, which was like an 11 by 12 foot 
room in my basement. <laughs> so you can't really do a whole lot with that, right? I mean, yeah. you have to be very conscientious of how much you're bringing into such a small space and still being able to get far enough back to shoot. I mean, I don't even think I could shoot a full body then. Maybe, maybe if it was a short person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could totally yeah. get me all the way the <laughs> Yeah. And so I think that definitely influenced kind of where my style went because I, I was very limited on what I could show in the frame. But I also knew I like clean backgrounds. So I always shoot on just probably a seamless paper. That's 99% of the time that's what I'm shooting on because I like more of a clean minimalist background. I don't want a lot of distractions. I want the focus to be on my client and yeah. her expressions or what she's wearing, you know, whatever that is that we're trying to bring out. But I don't want a lot of other distractions. Like we don't hardly ever use props. So that's just kind of more of my style. And then I did move into a studio space actually at the beginning of last year and it is 900 square feet. So I oh, definitely like way upgraded. <laughs> yeah, that's that's big in my world. <laughs> yeah. And it's been wonderful. Now my shooting space is probably maybe a little more than half of that, probably two thirds of that. But really the only thing that that changed for me was now being able to do a lot more full body, right? Because I have yeah. the space to do that. But I'm still always on a clean, simple backdrop, probably seamless paper, and just keeping it really minimal. No props, nothing like that. So I'm also somebody who I cannot work in clutter. So whether I'm at home, in my office, anything like that, I'm cleaning up first because I can't focus and work like I want to if there's clutter around me. So even though my studio is now 900 square feet, it's pretty minimal in the shooting space. And you can probably kind of see that in some of the behind the scenes. I mean, it's not as clean as I would want it to be and organized yet because I've got backdrops leaning against the wall, <laughs> but it's pretty wide open. And I like that. It makes me feel more able to just focus in, but also create. I feel more creative when there's less distractions around me. Yeah, I can totally relate to that too. I wish I was like not a clutter person. I tend to create clutter wherever I go. But I do know when I like declutter things, oh my gosh, it lets in so much more room for peace, creativity, mental calm. So yes. I think that's like really helpful too to like remind everyone to when you're creating a studio, like the less things you put in it, then you don't have to also like declutter as much. And even like right now I'm going through kind of like a spring cleaning in my studio and trying to get rid of studio wardrobe pieces. It's really hard because some of them are sentimental, I guess, or I'm attached. Like maybe one day someone's going to want this exact thing, but I know it really hasn't been worn a lot. And I have such a small space. I have like a little bit less than half of the space that you do. So I really have to, you know, really evaluate it. And I realized I have so much clutter on my wardrobe rack that I don't even think people are able to see everything that I have. So it's just a reminder too for a client experience as well to just yeah. keep it simple sometimes, <laughs> not overwhelm them. Yeah. And I think too, like when I was starting out, I felt like I had to have all of these things. Like I need to collect this. I need to have this. I need to have that, like just in case scenarios. And yeah. as I started shooting more and became more comfortable with the equipment that I have and the gear that I have and, you know, whatever, um, wardrobe, et cetera, I kind of have noticed that I lean towards using sort of the same things over and over and yeah. I don't need all that other stuff and it just takes up room and just sits there. I'm kind of where you're at. I, we recently had a move and I had to move my, my studio, which was still in my basement. Even though I have my big studio now, I had kind of kept all my clutter stuff in the old studio. And so I was like, what am I doing just holding on to all of this? I haven't used it. I haven't brought it to the studio yet, but I'm just like a collector, I guess. I'm like, I can't part with it, but I don't use it. And I've yeah. kind of been able to pare down because I'm like, let's get really honest and real. What do you actually really use? And because I do have more of a minimalist style, I can say, all right, like maybe I can donate this or trade with another photographer or sell that because I know I'm not going to use it. 
Yeah. And I think it's such a great message too for people starting out to, I know like in the beginning we want all the things and sometimes the things make us feel, I guess, more legit, like you were saying in a way, but we don't need it to make our ship go faster. Like Sue always says, will this make the ship go faster? And I think it's just so refreshing to realize like when I started my studio, at least I knew I just needed that corner with the beautiful light and some V flats and like Mm -hmm. maybe a couple Apple boxes and that was it. And that's really truly how I built my business. And then I did get frills and all these things. And then now I'm kind of like trying to get back to a more minimalist state. And mm-hmm. so then I think, oh, that was like thousands of dollars on wardrobe right. and like stuff. <laughs> so, you know, I, I hope that people listening will feel like that inspiration that you don't need everything right away. And you maybe don't even need everything depending on what your style is and Mm -hmm. also what you want to shoot, which, so let's go get into that. What would you say the primary genre is that you shoot? Is it mostly personal branding? Is it a true mix? I mean, I saw that, you know, it says like personal branding, headshots, glamour, portrait, boudoir. And I saw kind of all of that on your Instagram and your website, but I'm just wondering, is there one that you focus on or do the most? Yeah, I would say I definitely do mostly personal branding and headshots. Okay. Not necessarily because I set out to do that, but because that's what has come to me the most. And so, you know, like Sue says, show, you you sell what you show. And that's kind of what I had to show for a long time. And so then I just kept getting more and more headshots and personal branding. And um, so I had to kind of learn to turn those sessions into, yeah, let's get your personal branding and headshots. And we got that all the way. And then I'm like, Hey, do you want to play? Do you want to try this dress on? Do you want to have fun? Let's do something different in order to also shoot some of the things that I wanted to shoot and to be able to sell or or show so that I could sell that and get more people in for more of like glamour. I would like to do more boudoir, but I haven't quite shown a whole lot of that. And because my style is pretty minimalist, I It's funny, like I posted a photo last night that I guess would be classified as boudoir, but there's literally no skin showing except for her arm. And I got so many messages about how sexy that photo was. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, like, but that's, that's more my style, you know, it's like kind of implied sexiness and it doesn't have to be in your face, you know? Yeah. So I get, I don't know. I don't, I don't love the word boudoir. I'm trying to come up with maybe kind of a different way to describe that style, but that's kind of more what I shoot and what I get. But I would say mostly personal branding and headshots. And I think that's because a lot of women can feel better giving themselves permission to be photographed if it's for their business. Yeah, totally. I I can relate to that as well. But I love shooting personal branding. I feel like, you know, for me, I kind of love how it follows like a flow and a system of a certain type of shots that you know you need to get. And also the idea that like I get a lot of repeat business out of my personal brand clients. So once you kind of establish a client base, you have this, at least for me, this like steady kind of like stream of, oh, I know these people are going to keep coming back and loving what I do. And so I don't need to work as hard to find new clients. So I do love those aspects about personal branding, I have to say. Oh, yes. Don't get me wrong. I do love shooting personal branding. It's just not something when I first started out and when I found Sue, I was so attracted to that style. And I'm like, that's what I'm going to shoot. And because of also my other job, so I'm a transaction manager at a real estate company here. And because of that, I make a lot of connections and network through my company. So I know a lot of realtors. And so I tend to get a lot of real estate professionals in the studio. And it's definitely my bread and butter. And I also love it. I love helping them come up with something because it's a large company. And so I get a lot of people from the same company. And so I'm like, okay, clearly I can't do the same pose for everybody. It's going to look ridiculous on their website or magazines, you know? And so that's fun too, is kind of coming up with something that's individual for each, each of them and um, making it really fresh. You know, I want to dive into that because I feel like a lot of my personal branding clients are also either realtors or in, I guess, like 
the sphere of the real estate world, meaning they might be like some of my best clients have actually been mortgage brokers, but that's, you know, similar, I guess, to being a realtor. Mm -hmm. And yet from photographers in the members only Facebook group, sometimes I hear, you know, like, how do you get realtors as clients? How do you get realtors that value what you do? They don't want to pay more than a hundred dollars for a headshot. You know, I kind of see those messages over and over again. So do you have any like tips or tricks for like how to approach realtors, how to get realtors to understand the value of a full personal branding session that may cost, you know, upwards of $1,500, Mm $2,000, $3,000. Yeah, I guess I would say, from kind of a, a insider look at that, realtors work hard, right? And they're they're just like us photographers. If you're running your own business, they're basically running their own businesses, even though they're affiliated with a broker. They are the face of their brand. And I mean, how do you get somebody to use you to buy a house when they could call somebody else? Or there's a hundred other people right there, you know. Um, so it's important for them to stand out. And show, especially probably through customer service, is how they're going to stand out and what they provide and show that people want to work with them. That's a really good point. I also think it probably has to do with how we market ourselves to them. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, you have a gorgeous portfolio and I know you've worked a lot on your self-value as well um, Mm -hmm. because I really do think that energy that we put out there is kind of like what we were like attract back. I know mm-hmm. in my area, there's like pretty much everyone in town, I say as a realtor, I really feel that yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's a really saturated market. And so how do they stand out, you know? And that's really kind of what I pitch to them is like, it's more of a collaboration as well. It's not, you know, how we do things. It's not just like, call me up and I schedule you tomorrow and you come in and I take your picture, right? Yeah. So during our consultation and when we're talking about what their style is, what their brand, what their colors, everything that we want to portray with them is like, how are we going to make you stand out? What are your strengths? What do you want to portray to your clients? And really just kind of helping them figure that out and nail down their style. A lot of times when they're coming to me, they're going through a rebranding. So they're doing new business cards and So it's kind of fun to help them, you know, like, what are your colors going to be? What are you going to wear? Like, what are we trying to convey? Yeah, that's really good advice as well. And I think too, like, for me as well, like, getting in with one realtor that was really wowed by her experience with me led to so many more realtors who valued what I did contacting me Mm -hmm. because they'd say, oh, I saw so-and-so's photos. I loved what you did. I want something just like that. But I think when I was starting out, I remember I was in BNI and the realtor in that group just like didn't value what I did, Mm -hmm. which is totally fine. Uh, You know, like it's totally fine. Mm -hmm. But it was, I think at the time, like discouraging because it just made me think like, well, all realtors must feel that way. But Mm -hmm. then the more I just like kept at it, kept chipping away at it, I kind of was able to get into like the pocket of the realtors who potentially are the ones that are having bigger sales, getting more work. Because that's the other thing is, I don't know about your your real estate market, but I think too, like I said, my town has so many realtors that there's always going to be a percentage that maybe aren't getting the big checks because they aren't doing a lot of the volume work or selling a lot of properties or, you know, involved in a lot of transactions. So I think to people listening who get discouraged by realtors that like maybe want this lower cost headshot, it's like, that's okay. There's, it's just like any other type of client. There's going to be the high end clients and there's going to be the clients that really don't see the value. And all you can do is just like keep trying to relationship build. Right, exactly. And I think, like you said, you kind of kept chipping away at those relationships. And that's the best thing you can do. The real estate community is actually a wonderful community to be a part of because they're big advocates in their community. And they get it, right? Because they work on referral mostly. And that's how I work. I don't do a whole lot of advertising anymore. And so they get it when I'm asking them to please refer me to your network and your people. They understand more than any other client that I have what that means. And they do that more. 
they're in their community all the time. And even together, like I now, because I started kind of with the company that I worked in, um, those people post on their social media, their Facebook, their websites, et cetera. And other realtors from other companies see that or their friends because they used to be at that company and they transferred or something like that, or they're on another board together. And so it's easy to kind of to get your name out in the real estate community because they are so conscientious of being advocates for people that they appreciate in their service industries and kind of will easily give your card out or tell people who they went to or just advocate for you. So that's another aspect that I love about the real estate community. Yeah, that's that's an amazing point as well. I, I love that you brought that up. Do you ever go on location to shoot real estate agents? Like, have you ever had them want to be photographed? Maybe like inside an amazing house or in front of a house with like a for sale sign in then maybe non-cheesy way or <laughs> I haven't done a lot of that I think mostly again because you sell what you show and mm-hmm. most of my work that I show is in the studio they're coming to me for the studio I also I live that. in Wyoming and it's a very cold climate, like nine months out of the year. And so I don't get a lot of requests to do anything outside. Um, I would totally go into a house and photograph an agent in a house. You know, I think that's beautiful. But I think just because I don't show that a lot, most people are coming to me for the studio. Got it. Got it. I love that. And in your packages, one thing like I was wondering is, are you having any promotions or introductory offers to kind of give people like a taste of the experience and then upsell them? Or are you right off the bat going in with just straight packages? Here's what you're going to get. Or do you offer any like social media content offerings for them? Or like, how do you work your packages? Yeah. So I have packages and they're on my website. And when people call, you know, that's what I send them. But I also, especially for my realtor clients, it can be very different depending on what they're needing. And so I like to just have that conversation, like talk to them first and ask questions like, what are you looking for? What are you needing? And then if what they're needing already falls into a package that I offer, great. And then we go over that. They've already seen it. But if they're needing something that didn't really fit in one of the packages, because my packages are more geared towards portrait clients, Mm -hmm. um, then I can just kind of craft them a custom package. And they love that because they feel like I'm special. I'm unique. I'm getting something just for me. But it also works for my pricing for me. Yeah. Can you talk about your process with custom quoting? Because I know a lot of members in the Facebook group as well get so stressed out when they have to give a custom quote. And it's like, if something's not on their price list and they haven't like kind of pre-thought it through in detail, they're like, Ugh. and then they like, just don't respond to, yes. <laughs> to the inquiry because they're just like, I like, I'm paralyzed with like having to give this number that feels kind of, I guess, random, even though it's yeah. not, it shouldn't be random. <laughs> so know. yeah, I'd love to hear if you have any advice for like how to give someone a custom quote. Yeah, I would say it starts with asking questions of your potential client because I might know already based on maybe what they've emailed me back and forth, what I'm going to quote them. But I know for me, if I've kind of emailed back and forth with somebody and then they get me on the phone and they're just like, okay, so here's what it's going to cost you. It doesn't feel very... I don't know, exciting or special, or it's just like, okay, it's just all about the money. So I want to make them feel like I'm really invested and interested in what they're doing and that that I'm going to take really good care of them and deliver on what they're wanting. And so for me, that comes down to just asking a lot of questions, kind of like I said before, like, mm-hmm. what are you going for? Who are your clients? Who are you trying to attract? What do you offer that's special? You know, just kind of deep diving into them because people want to feel like they're heard and listened to and that they're special, you know? And so just kind of starting off with that, even though maybe I already know what my quote is going to be. And so about quoting special prices, I know based on my packages that I already have what I charge per image at those different image amounts. So I would go from there and then kind of see what else they're wanting. If they want 
tons of outfits or extra. Like I have a client who she does a special program called Homes for Heroes and it gives money back to people in certain professions like military or first responders. And so because of that, she had special marketing material and she had some of those huge checks like, you know, that they give out Mm -hmm. at the, the prices. And so she wanted to be photographed with a lot of those marketing materials. And so it ended up, it was going to be a lot more images, but that she needed to use for marketing. And so something like that, I know is going to take more time, more editing, etc. And so I'm kind of like using my per image price, guessing how many images she's going to end up with, factoring in my time, hair and makeup, and just quoting that. I don't know if that's very helpful, but I think it just all boils down to knowing what your time is worth. At the Mm -hmm. end of the day, at the end of the shoot, when I deliver her products, I don't want to be like, oh, that was so much work and I barely got paid, you know? So I need to know what's going to be worth it for me, but also deliver an amazing experience and amazing products to her. Yeah. I think that's so right about... Yeah, like just understanding how to deliver an amazing product that's also worth it for the client and worth it for you. I know when I do custom quotes, it's very similar process. And I'm just always trying to figure out like, you know, I know what my average sale is. I know what I mm-hmm. like I'm happy making. And I can always kind of start from there. And I also know what my hard costs are. You know, like I know what right. I pay my hair and makeup artist. I know what my retoucher charges me per image. So I can kind of craft things based on that. And I don't know if you ever do this, but like I do some social media content shoots where I don't actually even retouch the images. I'm very clear with them. And hair and makeup is optional for them. It's almost like shooting a wedding, I guess. I used to be a wedding photographer, uh-huh. but it's like it's like their business wedding. <laughs> like, like, right. Where we do like two hours just on location at like coffee shops and just these different places. And the goal is just to get them tons of content pictures, but that they don't need to be so perfect because they're just really going in little squares on Instagram. They're not really made for their website. And then I can be super profitable with those shoots. Maybe I charge like most of them I charge between like 1500 and 2500 depending on mm-hmm. like how many locations and stuff, but I don't include hair and makeup or retouching. So it's kind of basically profit. <laughs> like, right. So it can be way more profitable sometimes than like a studio shoot. So right. Exactly. Taking into consideration, like what your costs for the shoot are going to be. And if I don't have hard costs, like you just said, then I could maybe do it for a little bit more affordable from, from their standpoint, but it's more profit from my standpoint. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like with those clients, I'm always really clear with them why it's priced differently than my portrait sessions. Mm -hmm. Because I know like I can already hear people being like, oh, but doesn't that undercut your portrait experience? But what I really do is I'm like, you know, a studio shoot with hair and makeup that is going to be like, you know, banner images on your website, these bigger images, like you're going to want those retouched. People are really going to be close in on your face. There's nothing else in the background except for, you know, like a seamless or whatever canvas. So people are really going to be focused on you. But these more lifestyle shots are, you know, half of them, you're not even looking at the camera, really. They're just these candid social media, like, here I am at a coffee shop laughing in my coffee, (laughs) kind of like photos. Uh They don't have to be so perfect in the sense that you have to be so done up. And they're a little bit more relatable when they're actually a little bit more casual in my experience. So that's how I explain it to them. And that's why I'm like, this is why this same package would only have, you know, eight images in the studio because you're getting all these like bells and whistles and why if we do you know this social media shoot it's priced differently so I think as long as you can explain to the client like the reasons behind the different offerings and the parameters around them Mm -hmm. they don't undercut each other either and I have a lot of people buy both and I have a lot of people come to me for one and then the next time they come back they'll do the other one so to me it's only expanded my ability to be able to 
work with people. Right. I agree. And yeah. And you know, my, my packages, even though they're geared towards portraits and they include things that my portrait clients are excited about my personal branding and headshot clients, they don't need those things. And so I'm offering them something different, say it's more images or includes hair and makeup or, you know, whatever that is it's still going to be about the same price as that package if they had been my my portrait client. So because I have my packages for my portrait clients, simple and already done, I can kind of just go and customize it, but based off of what I already have. And I know that it's still going to be pretty much about the same profit, same costs, etc. Yeah, I love that. And I think at the end of the day, that's just what the point we're trying to drive home is, is like, you can still make your average sale, whether it's branding, whether it's a custom package, whether it's anything, it's just about serving your client. And like you said, asking them questions, connecting with them, educating them. Like I know Sue talks about that all the time. And Nikki too, it really comes down to just that connection, understanding what your clients want and how you can deliver. And I think as long as you can explain to them, like, here's all I'm going to deliver for you. It's exactly what you want. You can charge your average sale, whether they're only getting digitals or whatever the parameters of the package are. So I really like that advice from you about custom quotes. Yeah. So now let's go into kind of, you talked about, so you mostly shoot branding and headshots, but you, you know, want to do more glamour. And so you sometimes we'll convince people to put on a fun dress or (laughs) dress up in the shoot. Like talk to me about that. Is that um, something that you're upselling the images later? Are they coming back for, you know, a bigger glamour type shoot later? How does it work? So the way that it works to come have a session with me is you're going to pay a session fee. The session fee is $500. It includes hair and makeup, the day of the shoot. It includes um, meeting with my wardrobe stylist. So she comes to their house ahead of time for the shoot. She'll help them pick pieces from their closet, or she'll even go shopping for them and buy new pieces within their budget, whatever they feel comfortable with. And then it includes everything, you know, the day of the shoot, retouching, all of that. So they're paying me a, a $500 session fee. And when I'm talking to them through the consultation, even with my headshot clients, I always tell them, you know, the session fee is the session fee. It remains the same, whether it's just you or whether you bring someone with you, would you like to be photographed with, you know, your kids, your, your spouse, your partner, your best friend, your mom, your sister, like who would you like to be photographed with? And they're always almost I would say 99.9% of the time, they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that, but I would love to bring so-and-so. I would love to have photos with my daughter, or I would love to have photos with my partner. And so really what I'm kind of selling them is like, hey, let's do all your sessions up front. Bring the family in after your session. Let's get those Christmas photos done now rather than having to come back and pay me another $500 session fee. So I'm kind of appealing to their like couponing side, I guess, of like, yeah. I, can get, I can get more for this one, one price. And that's what I've been really doing. And so let's say I have a client coming in for headshots and she's coming in for hair and makeup because everybody loves that. So she's going to come in first. She's going to get her hair and makeup done. And we're going to shoot all of her headshots and personal branding images. And then probably about an hour and a half to two hours after she came in for hair and makeup, whoever she's bringing with her is going to arrive. And unless it's another, like say it's her sister or mom, somebody, they'll come at the same time and we'll switch off hair and makeup and I'll shoot one while yeah. the other one's in the chair. But if she's bringing, say, her family for family photos, they're going to arrive about two hours after she did, and she's already been photographed, so she doesn't have to feel awkward having people watch her, (laughs) and they're going to come in, and then we're going to get family photos, and so she's already paid her session fee, and then she knows she's coming back in two weeks to see her images, and so then when she comes back, I'm really just upselling because now I have more images to show, and I can get her up to my highest package, which... I probably need to revamp my pricing because for the last half of 2021, 
I have had 100% of people buy my top package. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Congratulations. And what is the top package, may I ask? (laughs) Yeah. So my top package is my statement collection, and it's 20 full-resolution digital images. They get a 12 by 12 luxury album, which means they have more options for the cover and the type of pages. And they get their favorite image printed 16 by 24 on whatever material they choose, metal, acrylic, or canvas and they get the digital slideshow that I show at their reveal and that's for $3,950. Okay and in those 20 images they may be mixing up brand images with like you're saying the family images they're kind of choosing how they want those 20 to be divvied up. Correct and so I usually show um, depending if it's family, like if a family came, came in, I have a lot more images because I'm doing individuals of each child doing kids together, kids with dad, kids with mom, mom and dad, you know, all of those. So I have a lot more images to show. Um, but I usually show around 30 images and the way that I've really been upselling to my top package is I will, after we're sitting there for a while and they're having the hardest time deciding cause they're all beautiful Um, I will usually offer to them if they just can't narrow it down. I'll say, you know, I love all of these images and I don't know how you're going to choose. If you buy my top package, I will include the extra 10 or five or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And 100% of the time they do that because they see the value. I mean, 10 extra images that would have cost them another $2,000 or $3,000. Yeah. And so they're really seeing the value in that. Plus they're getting the bigger album that's going to hold all the images and they're getting, they're just getting so much more because my next lower package is 10 digital images with a 10 by 10 album and one print. And it's not like a wall art, right? And so there's a big jump between what they're getting. And so they're seeing a lot more value in that top package. And when I throw in the extra images, it's a done deal. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's also a technique I employ as well. And I learned from Sue, I believe it's in the sales intensive workshop back when she had that white frame wall behind her when she was speaking. Um, And yeah, I remember her talking about this concept of, you know, just more for more, throw in the extra images, cut them, like basically cut them off from narrowing them down by just being like, well, you could actually, you know, have everything here. I showed you some extras for the price of this top package. And it is such a game changer for me, especially, especially when I was doing printed reveals as well. But since the pandemic, I have pretty much exclusively switched to Zoom reveals. So I was wondering mm-hmm. how you do your reveals. Are are they coming into the studio? Are you doing them printed? I'm assuming not since you're mostly shooting branding or there's a mix of branding images in there. But yeah, if you could walk us through that. Sure. So I did get away from the printed reveal. I started out that way, but now I'm doing digital reveals. However, they're all in person. So they will come back to my studio and I have a large TV in the studio. I have a sales room and I'm just going to start on that. And I show them the video of, it's just basically a slideshow. I make it an Animoto, but it's all Mm -hmm. of their images and it's set to music. That's going to make them feel emotional. And I throw a couple quotes in there. And we watch the video together and then I let them choose. I say, you know, do you want to watch that again? Or do you want to just go straight into viewing them individually? And usually they just want to go straight into <laughs> viewing them right away. And so then I get out the, the price sheet again, which they've already seen about three or four times by now. And I sit there with them and I show them on the iPad because I just hand them the iPad and it helps them to be able to just scroll forward or backwards or look at that one again or go through. Mm -hmm. And they just love doing that. I mean, that takes the most time. And then I usually ask them after it's been some time, if they haven't already given me an inkling of what package they want, because they've seen my, my packages several times by now. And so usually they come into their shoot already knowing what package they're they're going to buy. <laughs> yeah. do they know it's probably not that one, but in their head, they already know like, okay, I, I want the 10 image package. 
And so if they haven't already told me that, I'll ask them like, okay, well, was there a package that you were trying to, to go with today? Like I can help you narrow these down. And so usually they'll tell me at that point, like, well, yeah, I think, I think the 10 image and I'm like, okay. And so then they'll start telling me the numbers of the photos that they love. I absolutely have to have this one. I have to have that one. And I just start writing them down and I'm just kind of quiet. I try not to talk very much during my reveal. Yes. (laughs) Which is hard, but I just kind of wait for them to give me all the numbers and then they'll say, okay, how many am I at? Well, usually it's already above 10 and I'll say, okay, you have, you have 14 here. And then they'll be like, oh, oh, okay, well, maybe I can, maybe I can narrow it down. Which one, which one? And so as they're really having a hard time deciding, then that's kind of when I'll start helping them and, and be like, okay, I know you really loved this one too. Oh, I guess I should stop here and say they can purchase a la carte. So they, they pick their package first. So let's say they were trying to go with the 10 image collection and that's $2,750. At that price, then they can add on additional images for $275 each. Okay. So if they were at 14 images, I would go ahead and get my calculator out and tell them, okay, it's the package, $2,750, and you have four additional images at $275 each. That's X amount. I don't have my calculator with me right now. Yeah, it's over like $1,000. So, (laughs) right. (laughs) It's a significant amount. Yeah. Yeah. And so, right there, they're at about $3,750 for 14 images, where my biggest package is $200 more than that for 20 images. Yeah. So it becomes a no brainer basically. Right. Exactly. And so I'm almost always able to upsell them without hard selling or being like sneaky or skeevy about it. Cause I'm not, I don't want to do that either. And I want them to be happy with what they're purchasing. I'm just trying to show them the best value for their money. Yes. I love that. And I love the way you describe your process because it's so similar to mine. And I think it just goes back to those fundamentals that Sue teaches us and just how effective it really is. And I think people can sometimes overcomplicate um, how the reveal room needs to be. But what I always say is like, if you've done your job connecting and educating with the client and you have created images that they truly love and are to their vision, the images really sell themselves. And you just kind of need to sit back and let them kind of tell you like, this is the package I want. These are the images I want. There's very little convincing on our end that needs to be done. And I think if when people understand that, you realize it's not icky and you're not hard selling people because the images are just really speaking for themselves. Exactly. And they're thanking me like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like that, I would be stupid not to pay that extra $200 and get, you know, six more images than I would have, you know, at $200. You know, they don't feel like they're being pushed or they don't feel icky about it either. They're thanking me for it. And honestly, I love reveal day because it's almost the easiest part of the whole experience for me, because if I've done my my obligations, my duties ahead of time, like we should, they have seen the pricing so many times that it's not shocking that I don't even really have to go over it at the reveal because they've seen it so many times. They already know what that looks like. I'm just kind of helping them show them the value. And it's so easy to show it to them because I believe in it. And I have priced it that way to be like, oh my gosh, look at that. And I love their images. I love all of them. I want them to walk out with all of them because I don't want to have to go, oh, I can't post that on social media because they didn't buy that one. <laughs> I, want, I want them to take all of them so that I can always be like, sweet. I never have to worry about which ones to post, which ones to not. And I just love it. The reveal is so fun. And they're thanking me. I mean, so as soon as they have finalized their package, It's fun then because they're not stressed out about like how much money they're spending because then we get to just pick their album cover. We get to pick their wall art, which image is going to look best on the wall. What do you want it on? And that's fun. That's fun for them. It's fun for me. Um, They pay me right then and there and they're walking out with nothing in their hands. Honestly, it's digital images. And then I'm ordering their album and their wall art. So they're walking out the door 
with nothing in their hands and they're hugging me and thanking me so much. And they've just paid me $4,000. Yes. I love that. And I feel your enthusiasm. <laughs> I, I know that I feel that too on, on reveals. Like it's just, it's honestly, it's so funny. Like actually now that I've been doing them on zoom, I'm home usually when I have a reveal. So sometimes my husband is home from work or whatever and like, I'll be done and I'll just like walk out into the living room and like kind of plop myself on the couch and he'll be like, oh, how did it go? And I'll be like, oh, they bought the top package. And he's like, <laughs> what? Like, you're so chill about it, <laughs> you know? Like, like yeah. it's like gotten to the point where I'm just like, not that I expect it ever. And definitely there can be curve, curve balls thrown mm-hmm. and we're running businesses here. But it's just gotten to the point where I don't really have anxiety over it anymore. And it's like, it's just kind of like another day at work, but not in a bad way. And I'm super, super grateful. It's not like, oh, I don't care. It's just more like, yeah, they love their images. I'm kind of used to this. I've got a system dialed in and I'm not like the way that I used to be where it was like, are they going to buy? Is this going to work out? I hope it does. I don't have all that anxious energy around it anymore. Yeah. It's become easy in, in a good way. Like not to be like, Oh, it's just easy. It's just easy to sell. No, it's easy because I am so confident in my packages and the value that I offer and the product that I have delivered. Like I know I've been staring at their images for two weeks now. Right. I love their images and I'm so excited for them to come see them. And I'm so confident that they are going to just be over the moon about their images. They're going to love them so much. So I'm so excited. And it's just easy because I've put everything in place during the consultation, during the reminders, you know, they get a copy of the packages on Priceless. Almost every email I send them, it's attached. And so I know they're seeing it. We've talked about it. I don't have to worry about like, oh, I feel sick to my stomach. I'm going to have to tell them how much this is going to cost. And what if they don't buy it? Like, I don't have any of that anymore because I've done the work ahead of time and the reveal is just easy and fun. And I'm so excited to give them this amazing value. I love that. I love that you have so much joy and confidence in like have come, it sounds like you've come a long way in sales, which I guess I would love then now that we know where you are now, if you <laughs> had to just kind of take a journey back in time. <laughs> yes. because I think that it can be easy for people who are just starting out to like hear these stories and they're really inspiring, but sometimes they're not relatable. It's like, okay, but I'm in my anxious state right now, mm-hmm. or this is hard for me right now. And like, I want to know that you've been there too. So could you maybe tell us like what your first, if you remember, or one of your early sales, what that was like, or was there a time where you felt where this was a struggle for you? Yeah, I'll go all the way back to the very beginning. In 2006, I became a licensed realtor and I was gifted a a DSLR, a Nikon D50, because um, the person who gifted it to me said, you're going to have to take pictures of houses and you're going to need to be like up with the times and have a digital camera. And this is a really nice camera. So here you go. Congratulations on getting your license. And I promptly put it away and never looked at it again. (laughs) (laughs) I just didn't know how to use it. And I wasn't super big in my career yet. So I wasn't getting a lot of listings. So I just, I just didn't know how to use it. So fast forward then to 2011, Pinterest started becoming really big. And I was a huge Pinterester. Like I loved just scrolling through Pinterest and I just loved everything about it. And I started seeing these images, like really cool photos and I was like, I really would like to be able to take photos like that. I think I have a really nice camera in my closet somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And so I went and found that nice camera. I got it out of the box. I turned it on auto and I went out and started taking pictures and they looked like crap. And I was like, why don't my pictures look like these Pinterest pictures? I have a really nice camera. (laughs) And so I started Googling and, you know, why do my pictures suck? How to take good pictures and, you know, all that. (laughs) (laughs) So I learned how to put my camera on manual mode and I just kind of started learning and practicing. And I was like, okay, my pictures are a little better than they used to be, but they still don't look like that. Why? Oh, there's this thing called Photoshop and you can change colors. You can do this. You can do that. So I started learning Photoshop 
And I was really just like on the internet trying to like teach myself how to take nice photos. And in about 2012, I came across Creative Live and that's where I found Sue Bryce. That's where I found Sue Bryce too. (laughs) (laughs) Because Creative Live was amazing. I mean, especially at that time, it was like, I don't know. I mean, when you think about 2012, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Look how far we've come technology wise. So creative live back then was like, what? I can watch like somebody else teach me how to do this live for free. And so I would just soak up all the free content on creative live. And I saw Sue Bryce and her images were just like nothing I had ever seen before. Her images of women. I was just obsessed immediately. I'm like, that's gorgeous. How does she do that? I want to look like that. I want a photograph taken of me like that. How, how do I get into this? Right. And Mm -hmm. so I just started like everything Sue Bryce, like whatever she did, I was there. (laughs) And I really related to her and her story and a lot of her self-value because when she was on creative live and, and anything that she did separately by herself, it wasn't just about here's how I'm taking this photograph. She was also teaching at that time self-value. And I was in a state of having very low self-esteem and low self-value. And she really just spoke to me and I related to her story a lot. And also I wanted to transform myself. And I saw that she was transforming other women. And so that was a big part of it for me too, was like the transformation process. And I had never, I mean, you know, you, we all read Vogue and Cosmopolitan and all that stuff, but I never really understood what went into those models being photographed like that. I thought they just looked like that and they showed up and we can never achieve what they've achieved. They're so skinny and beautiful. And they, that's just how they were born. They came out like that. <laughs> and so Sue kind of opened my eyes to like, okay, this is actually what they do. They're in hair and makeup. They have a stylist, they have beautiful clothes, they're posed, they're this, they're that. And I was like, oh, like that kind of pulled back the curtain for me to see that. So you mean any woman could look like that? Any woman could be photographed like that? And who wouldn't want to be? Who wouldn't want to feel like a cover girl? Mm -hmm. And so that really spoke to me. I was so, so inspired by her. So I just kind of kept you know, trying to learn, trying to take better photos. And in 2014, we bought a new house and it had enough bedrooms that I could claim one of them as my studio. And I talked to you about that. It was 11 by 12 feet. Yeah. So about 132 square feet in my basement. Wow. <laughs> so it didn't, it didn't even have like, it had a window, but it was like a basement window that, you know, so hardly any light came in. Um, but I was like, this is it. Like I, I have the room now. I'm going to build a portfolio and I'm going to make this happen. And so I built a faux window around the little existing window with shop lights from Amazon. And oh, I got cool. my V flats and I painted some polyboards and I started you know, collecting what I thought I needed, (laughs) backdrops, and I upgraded my camera. But I got so caught up in the like, I wanted to look professional. And I didn't want to have anyone in my studio, and me not have something that I should have as a professional. And I, and that would be so embarrassing. And so I really got caught up in like, collecting gear, collecting wardrobe, collecting this and that and trying to fit it in that tiny little Space. Bedroom, yes. (laughs) And I realize now that I think that was still fear. And so it was like me lying to myself, being like, okay, I'm starting this. I'm going to launch this career. I'm going to start this career, but I'm not ready yet because I don't have an expo disc. So I need to get an expo disc. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. You know, I bought an expo disc in like 2010 (laughs) and I can tell you I've only used it like two times. I don't even know what happened to it. (laughs) 
<laughs> no shade on Expo Disc, though. <laughs> no shade, no shade. But did I really need it? Like, no, I didn't need it in order to just get a portfolio. I wasn't even like launching my career. I was just portfolio building, you know? Yeah. So let's just jump ahead for a second. So yeah. I know you went through that process. Like, when did you start like actually getting clients and, and selling? And what was that first like over $1,000 sale like? Yeah. So in 2017, I went and I had my own photo shoot with Nikki. I flew to Seattle and I had a photo shoot with her because Sue said, you need to experience this for yourself. And so I was like, this is the last piece. Like I've collected all the things I've built the portfolio. I need to do that. So I went and had that photo shoot with Nikki and that was it. I was like, that's it. I'm ready to do this because I kind of needed to see her, somebody that I looked up to, a mentor in the group doing it. I wanted the experience for myself, but I also kind of needed to see oh, hey, like she's using a post that I use. Okay, I'm not that far off base. Oh, hey, like, okay, she's got these same polyboards that I do. Like, I'm not that far off base. So I kind of needed to see that, even though it was in the group, it was on our education. I just somehow needed that physical concrete, like, okay, if I'm sort of doing what Nikki's doing and she's that successful, I can do it too. And so I finally like got legit. I filed my business. I did all the things and I photographed a senior that year. And we went everywhere. We were on location. We had all these outfit changes. We went to the studio. I mean, I had so many images. I couldn't narrow it down. I finally narrowed it down to 40 and I did a printed reveal in that basement bedroom and they came in and she brought her grandparents and I was so nervous. Um, but I finally was like, here are my prices. Um, if that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and, but they ended up buying, I believe 20 images for $2,500. And that was my first sale. So not only was it my first over a thousand dollar sale, it was my first sale and they spent $2,500. That's amazing. Yeah. In my basement. Okay. In my house. And so they left my house and I, my husband was in the living room and I was just like, look at this. I had the check in my hand and I just handed it to him and I said, look at this. And his eyes got really big. And that's when I was like, okay, I think I can do this. And he's like, I think you can. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. That's, that's like, I think so inspirational. And I love that you're honest about the fact that it took time from discovering Sue in 2012 to 2017 to really make it happen. I know sometimes there's conversation in the group like, hey, I've been here a couple years. I'm not at the part. (laughs) I'm not taking off like as quickly as I wanted to. And that's okay. I think everyone has their own timeline and people shouldn't compare themselves to other people. And it's so funny, like when your mindset just decides like now is my time and I'm ready to do this, things can shift so quickly, like light speed. Yeah, I agree. However, I will say like, I wish that was the end of that. And I just started selling and was successful since then, but I hadn't done the soft value work completely. I hadn't done worked through my money blocks. And so that was my big sale. And then I was like, Oh no, what have I done? I don't know. I, it, it just, I hadn't done the work. And so I didn't sell anything for a really long time after that. And I went back to just like, well, I need to portfolio build. I need to do this now. I need images to show for that. I need images for that. I was just learning, learning, practicing. And my business really didn't take off, take off until last year, 2021, when I got my studio. And that was just, that was just really another block that I had was that how can I be a professional? I'm having people in my basement in this tiny little room that's cluttered and who's going to pay me thousands of dollars. But you know, the same thing that everybody in the group talks about, I had it too. And I had a block that I needed a studio and I spent tons of time just dreaming about a studio and hunting for one. And I finally just pulled the trigger on this studio in January of 2021. And I found two other people to share it with me because that's why I hadn't pulled the trigger before. Like I wasn't bringing in consistent income and I was afraid to have to have that big of a rental price when I didn't know if I would be able to bring in consistent income. But I will Mm -hmm. tell you, as soon as I signed that lease, my business blew up 
I have had to turn people away this year because I just don't have the time to fit them in. And I don't think it's because I have a studio. I think it's because my mind shifted to like, I'm legitimate now and now I'm ready for the business. Like, come on, you know, my clients didn't care about the studio. Really. They were happy coming to my house. It was me and my mind. And I just made that shift. And really this last year is the first year that I've had consistent, consistent sales, high sales, have been able to consistently deliver amazing customer service. And I think it's just all in my mind shift. Yeah. I love that you brought that up too, that it wasn't like a linear line. So thank you Mm -hmm. for that because that's another really common myth and experience that, you know, you get that first little taste and it's all going to be like this upward trajectory from there. And it's, it's sometimes, you know, there's that little meme or whatever, where like success looks like this squiggly line. (laughs) You go go back. And I've definitely experienced that too. And I do think there's something to, um, sometimes we get scared of our own, I guess, success or like, yes, I'm doing it. And you just like, then you get that little tiptoe backwards, like got to go back to my safe space. So I love that. But congratulations on what sounds like an amazing shift and blocks being smashed and like an amazing opening of your studio. And just thank you. Really, really impressed. That's so amazing to hear. Thank you. Well, Amy, it's been so great chatting with you and I have really been inspired by everything that you shared and I hope that people will get a lot of inspiration out of this. And I was just wondering if there's any place where people can find you on social media. Yeah, absolutely. So to be very honest, my social media is a mess. I <laughs> One of my goals is to just get it really looking good. My Instagram is not pretty, but you know, done right is better than perfect. So that's what I keep holding on to. It's like, at least I'm posting something sometimes, (laughs) but I would love for people to find me on Facebook and Instagram at Amy Lou photo, A M I E L O U photo. And you can also find me on my website, www.amylou.com. Well, thank you so much. I hope everyone checks out your work. It's so beautiful. And I just want to say that your Instagram is not a hot mess. (laughs) I was looking at it last night. So yeah, give yourself some credit, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I hope everyone goes and checks it out. And it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so much for having me on. And it's been really fun to chat with you. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.